1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates' national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations.
2: I have too much salt. <laughs> I now. It's a game that's going to go down in history. It was like the scene of a movie. I mean, if you wrote a movie about this, people wouldn't believe it. Then I see him go down and I'm like, we gotta start now, we just gotta go out there now.
1: And you can see Lamar trotting back out on the field, it was, you know,
2: like, jeez. I don't want to go down the moral victories path. Uh, We lost, got beat, see the ball, kick the ball. Automatic talk, he did the rest. Nah, I was cramping, I ain't putting Paul Pierce I didn't put Paul Pierce (laughs) Oh, oh my goodness.
1: What a Monday night it was, Christopher. Hello, Michael. Sometimes when you wait and you wait and you wait, you get one of those nights that you will never forget. And that's what we got last night, the Cap Week 14 of the 2020 season. Congratulations to the NFL for getting 14 weeks in. Congratulations to everyone involved for giving us a game that was – The most entertaining regular season game since Rams-Chiefs, November 19 of 2018, period. 54-51 then, 47-42 now. And you could argue that this one was even more dramatic and exciting when you throw in the why was Lamar Jackson in the locker room for so long question, which we will delve into today. But the first thing I want to say after I say hello to our Peacock audience, Series XM 211 NBC Sports Audio, NBCSN, Sky Sports NFL, for our friends in the UK and Ireland, anybody listening on a podcast, and now I've said that, I can say this, Chris. Yes. I'm waiting for the hue and cry from the people who will say that last night's game set back defensive football for 50 years. Because we heard some of that. After Rams Chiefs. Yeah. And to all those people, I just want to preemptively say, sit down and shut up. No, no. Because 89 points. Look, until until it gets like basketball and there's a presumption you're going to score every time you have the ball. And football at the NFL level hasn't gotten to that point yet. There isn't a presumption you're going to score. Last night, it was exciting because they kept scoring and scoring and scoring, especially late. But there still isn't in the NFL this idea like arena football that, hey, you get the ball, you score. Other team gets the ball, it scores. Let's see if somebody can get lucky and make a stop. that
3: sounds horrible. Go ahead.
1: Right. (laughs) And and if we get there, I'll let you know. Right. We're not there. No, we're not. Nobody ever talks about a 6-3 game that was a defensive struggle all morning long and all day long. So I just want to plant that flag early. I don't want to hear, although I can't stop anyone from saying it, I'm not going to listen to anyone who says this game sets back the game of football. It doesn't.
0: Where did you get this from? Who draws people in. What
1: got you all on this conversation on a Tuesday morning? I just remember from two years ago that that was the narrative after Rams-Chiefs, that, oh, my God, we've set back defensive football by X number of years. No, we've made the game more exciting. People are drawn in. This is what people want to watch, especially as the NFL – Begins to fully appreciate the long-term benefits of legalized wagering because there ain't nobody that's going to be betting money on defensive play. They're betting money on points, 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 points. So anyway, I just wanted to get that off my chest because I, I'm, tr- I'm just trying to, I'm trying to cauterize that argument before it goes any farther. Last night was awesome. It was. Last night was special. And uh, there's there's so much. I think we have budgeted the first hour of the program just to talk about this game. Chris, there's so much to talk about.
3: Yeah, well, there is. And, and, you know, like just to get out ahead of your conversation there, it is different to me than the Chiefs Rams football game. You know, that game that that had moments and plays of like, oh, there's a guy catching the ball. Nobody's in the screen. Touchdown. And then it was like three plays later. The other team answers. Nobody's in the screen. Touchdown. This was at least sustained drive, smash mouth football at times. Yes, it led to some big plays and it led to, you know, two teams answering each other a bunch here throughout the football game. But I, I didn't have as much of a I didn't have a problem with that is what I'm saying. And I you know me, I'm a fan of the twenty eight, twenty four football game. That's my favorite type of game. But this was fun to watch, had a little bit of everything, still had hard hitting defensive plays, but Oh, my gosh. And I don't know. Where do you want to start with? Cramps? Bathroom? What? Well, let's Lamar talk about Jackson? Let's, let's, just, let's
1: just summarize some of the weirdness. Right. And I'll agree with you. My favorite scores are in the 30s. I'll take a 41, 38, 44, 38. I'll live with a periodic 47, 42, which, by the way, was the first time in the history of the NFL that a final... Score was 47-42. Never happened before. I'll take another one anytime, especially in prime time. The other oddity from last night, Baker Mayfield, Browns quarterback, first quarterback in NFL history to lose two games while scoring 42 points. They had a 45-42 loss, I believe, when he was a rookie. And it was only the second safety last night, the ultimate bad beat, with the Ravens winning by three, giving three points, It was a push. Everyone gets their ticket back. They get their refund. Nobody wins. Nobody loses until the Browns do. The band is on the field, and they keep going backward. And it's funny because there was a point where no one could find a teammate to lateral the ball to. They were all too tired to run behind where the guy with the ball was until somebody ran into the end zone. Ball gets thrown in. It's a safety, and it's 47-42 and the Ravens cover, which was good for us because I think we both picked Ravens to win and Ravens to cover. I haven't gone back and checked our scores, but Ravens win, Ravens cover just like that. Just just easy like Crazy. that. They did it the easy way. Well, and, it was it, just, and, and, and that doesn't even we didn't even have room on the graphic for Lamar Jackson's bout with cramps.
3: It was cramps, okay? All right, so let, let's just start there. First off, how amazing that was. Because, I, I mean, I have friends texting me too last night like, I mean, what the heck, now he just comes back and he's okay? Well, yes, that that's how it works, just so we can clarify this. First off, the guys in my history of the NFL, you know, major college football, University of Texas, you know this. We've talked about it before. But those the guys that cramp are the freakiest guys on the team. It's it's the freaky athletes. It's you know it's the Julio Jones, the Odell's, the Jalen Ramsey's. It's the guys that have 3% body fat, and they're all muscle and explosion and everything like that, and it's just the wrong night of what, whatever it is. Too much running, didn't hydrate enough, whatever it is. Either way, he had to go in and get an IV. You saw that he was taped up around his left arm right there around his elbow. That's where they stick the needle in. And I don't know. I, I mean, I haven't heard his post-game press conference, Mike, but I will say he was in there longer than you would normally see somebody get an IV. It makes me wonder if it was like a more of a severe case of cramps, maybe than you usually get as a as an athlete. But this is not that uncommon for an athlete like Lamar Jackson. And wow, good thing he got back just in a flash of time.
1: I, I look, it's funny, yeah, and it's different. And it's just the ultimate confluence of sports and social media. Yes, it is. That the moment he left, and I think it reinforced it for a lot of people, when you saw him making the move to the locker room and trying to hurry in, that was something we've all experienced at some time in our lives. That was the... I gotta go get out of the well, you're way. Well, you are right. And he had mean, a little shimmy. Right?
3: He had a little shimmy too, right. but
1: it's because of the crabs. Like he's
3: probably got his. I calf know. Muscle. I know. Yeah,
1: yeah. But go ahead, go ahead. I, I know, but but when but when you see that, you right. think been there, done that. Yeah, right. So that's right. what fueled this 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 frenzy that Lamar Jackson. I don't know what the appropriate terminology is for seven in the morning in the East and eventually prime time in the UK, Yeah, but he had an impending intestinal requirement, right? That is, I think what I'm going to go with and nod to Seinfeld. And, uh, I, I, it, and, and I agree with you. Listen, we, 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 we've been there and done that and it doesn't take that long. That's the other reality. That's right. And and Lamar, it got, and, and my son said to me, we are watching the game, and he said, you know, Lamar's going to go turn his phone on, and he's going to see that everybody is talking about how he had to go poop. Right. And and yes, he found out, and he, retwe- he responded with one of the one of the memes that's out there of a little kid looking under the bottom of a stall yeah, saying, like, that's John Harbaugh telling, are you ready telling yet? Lamar to hurry up. <laughs> yeah, hurry. Yeah. And, and Lamar retweets it. What, what's the quote on the tweet? Y'all tripping? I wasn't. I wasn't taking a poop. Yeah. Although he used the little emoji, the little, yes. the little, the little chocolate frozen yogurt emoji, uh, which Very many appealing. thought that was initially. So, uh, yeah, enjoy your breakfast. Um, so, and, anyway, Chris, that's I and and I agree with you. And and unless it was next level brilliance to put the the bandage on the arm where the IV was, then yeah, that he got an IV. Yes. Period. Yes. Here's my question for you though. Right. We usually see guys get IVs when it's hot. It wasn't hot last night. No. How do you cramp up on a night when it's not
3: hot? Well, you're still running around, intensity's high, and he was running around a lot. I mean, as we saw, there was all over the football field. So, and hey, listen, we we do we gotta we can't forget. I, I don't know. He he did just have COVID nineteen. You know, he talked about his body adjusting through that, and it didn't feel quite normal until the last few days. So he's probably not like tip top. 100% endurance muscle shape right now to where he was before he got that. So it's probably a little bit of both and all of that kind of combining, a little bit of a, you know, I, I, I'm guessing that's what it is. That, that, that's to me what it would be. But, yeah, that combined with the running, uh, it doesn't matter if it's cold or not. I've seen those, those type of athletes, those guys that are freaky fast and got no body fat, they can cramp in those settings just as easily as they can in a really hot day.
1: Let's hear from the man himself on the wrinkle that made last night's finish even more dramatic. Here's Lamar Jackson.
2: Like right before those two passes, I throw to Willie and Mark. The overthrows, I was cramping my, my throwing on. And I'm telling the coach, I'm like, man, I need to get some salt in my system real quick. And, you know, we run the ball. I'm on the sideline. We end up, end up catching the pick on the interception. We go down the score, and right after that, I get a ball to JK and my legs just start cramping. And I'm like, bro, like, I need something now like, to help me get better real quick because this is this a, a crucial game right here. You know, both teams be playing their hearts out. And we went to the back, um, Dr. Tuck, she was uh, helping me out a lot. Um, and Kev came back, started scratching me. And, you know, Trace was doing a great job, dropping the ball down the field. Then I see my guy go down. And as, as I'm seeing him go down, like, I'm still scratching. Like, I'm like. I gotta get back. I'm catching the attitude because I'm like, man, it ain't going the way we want to. And then I see him go down, and I'm like, we gotta start. And I'm like we just gotta go out there. Nah, and I start running out there. Kel running with me. It's fourth down. And offensive line brought the block, they tail off, and our guys just made great catches, and we came out with the victory.
1: That's what made the entire episode so memorable. Trace McSorley goes down on that very well manicured knot field at First Energy Stadium and you see Lamar Jackson coming back to the field, fourth and five, straight onto the field, and not just runs for a first down, because I'm thinking he's going to run. He's going to get it. I saw it like a, an avenue over to his left. Yeah. It's like, I, 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 he's going to get it. He's going to run to his left. He's going to get the first down. We're going to keep going. No, he throws the ball to, of all people, Mr. Drop for there the Baltimore like, Ravens. Right. Marquise Hollywood Brown, and he catches it, uses one of the deep officials is a little bit of a screen and gets into the end zone it was amazing you come back in one play you're down 35 34 you come back in one play and with the two-point conversion which took a big collision right before the goal line to go in you're up 42 to 35 that that is the thing that took a a great game and moved it into that level of that handful of 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 all time yeah. great regular season games that you'll never forget. Yeah,
3: right. Well, it just has that that special moment there, you know, like you know the old Willis Reed New York Knicks moment or whatever you want to talk about. You know, two things. First off, you talked about the field where you t- made fun of it. That probably didn't help his cramping too. You know, him just trying to, you know, really having to grip the ground, do whatever that is there. But they didn't have the right cleats on either. That, that that's partly their fault too. Good thing he adjusted there. Like, what I don't get is. Is he going to get out? All right, so first off, the cramps must have been serious because your arm cramping and things like that, that's a little bit more than just, hey, your hamstring, your calf muscle. When you start, I I mean, honestly, I I haven't heard of arm cramping too much, really. You know, that would be crazy hot days. So that just tells you his body was not at a total 100% functioning state or in shape or whatever, but to have those type of issues. But does he get on the field, Mike? Like if McSorley doesn't get hurt, does he get out there and and save the day? Or does the fourth down just flounder flounder if McSorley doesn't get hurt and they lose the game? That That's where I'm really intrigued. Did like him getting hurt actually save the Ravens' butts to give him the time to run out there and then go, okay, I'm going to play. Let me give him the ball, fourth down,
1: let's go. In his interview after the game with Lisa Salters of ESPN – I got the distinct impression he was coming back no matter what. Okay. Trace McSorley injured or not, he was coming back. I just think seeing Trace McSorley go down on that well-manicured field is what caused Lamar but Jackson it, I, to say, yeah, we're going down. right now, we're going right now. But, I, but even then, when he saw, because, I mean, the whole thing, the starting of the play, know, it looked but like it was going to go somewhere, right. but he still, I mean, he knew the clock was ticking generally, but the guy gets injured. That was the, the final catalyst, but I think he was coming anyway.
3: Well, I know. I, I mean, I, I would think he was coming anyways. Uh, like, you're right. It just – I don't know if he gets there. If McSorley doesn't get hurt. What if McSorley gets up right after that play, gets in the huddle, it's fourth down, they call a play, and, oh, man, he missed another slant, you know, or missed something to Hollywood Brown. Hey, game over. And then what, like, Lamar runs out and is like, oh, hey, give me the ball one more time. Let me show you. Yeah, I mean, that, that just, that's what's fascinating. I don't know if that's luck or whatever, but the, to me, uh, I was amazed by that, let alone – his whole performance
1: last night. I mean, that was insane. That was insane. Here, here, here's what. Here's what I was astounded by. 124 rushing yards was the most ever in Monday Night Football history. How could there not have been more at some point with Mike Vick, right? With Lamar Jackson, the night that he shredded the Rams last year, I just would have assumed he had yeah, 150 sure. rushing yards right. in that game. So I was, I was blown away by that on that last play too. And and Chris, this goes back to a conversation we have from time to time. When you draw it up on the board. The X handles the O, but you know, Anthony Barr would tell us differently from a couple of years ago against the Rams. And last night, Olivier Vernon. You don't, you don't have him covering out in the flat. I understand the benefit of of fooling a quarterback into who's covering and who's rushing. And we saw the Ravens make an interception with a move like that, but it's gotta be quick. You can't have the guy trying to cover downfield. And uh, not a good idea to have Olivier Vernon drop into coverage and try to slow down a guy like marquise brown
3: well it's he collides with mj stewart right the the guy covering hollywood brown there too you know i think olivier vernon's trying to pursue lamar jackson or at least be there for him to take off do something like that and within that runs right into the guy covering hollywood brown and hollywood brown you know if you go back to those pictures we showed a minute ago look at there, he's he's fighting to get off of, you know, bump coverage. And that, sorry, that's Mitchell, not, not MJ Stewart. I was wrong. But either way, you know, I think it's a jam by Olivier Vernon. Now let me get there and get in the way or pursue Lamar Jackson. And he obviously picks off Terrence Mitchell. But the thing that was amazing more than anything, Mike, is like you said, it looked like he could have probably ran for the first down. It was him one-on-one with another player. And it also looked like he had a guy that short – where he probably could have just thrown it to him and got the first down. When he let the ball deep, I was like, oh no, like just run, whatever. And then, you know, of course you see Hollywood Brown wide open, easy touchdown, but just amazing. The theatrics, uh, everything about it. The performance by him was off the charts good. Like that was amazing what we saw last night. I, I come away from that game, Mike, and I don't go, oh man, Baltimore's back. I, I come away going, I'm more concerned than ever with Baltimore. I mean, what's there to really look at with Baltimore last night and go, that was good. I mean, they really didn't run the ball that great. And when I mean run the ball, I mean smash mouth, move people out of the way like that. No, they ran the ball because they got Superman at quarterback. That's why they ran the ball. It wasn't because they physically dominated the line of scrimmage or anything like that. They ran it because, I mean, a lot of those running plays came on drop back passes, right, Mike? He drops back he kind of extends the play finds a lane and zoom he's gone but he was the whole team last night defense not good i mean there's really nothing to look at from the raven's standpoint for me to go oh man the ravens are back on track this looks good i mean i really almost feel the the opposite i almost feel like yeah the ravens won that's great i'm glad they're still in it and he's amazing lamar and i want to keep watching him play but the way i feel about the two teams the team that won I feel lesser about than the team that lost. Uh, I don't know if that. Well, well hang on, hang yeah. on, though. Hang on, though. Yeah.
1: They, they still got 100 plus rushing yards out of J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards combined. They, they, were, they were moving the ball in chunks, not big chunks, but they were moving at four or five yards at a clip. Edwards averaged seven yards a carry, and Dobbins averaged 4.1. But, you know, early on, it felt like the Ravens were sluggish, and yeah. it wasn't until you start seeing Lamar Jackson That's find the groove. Right. And 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 just be be dominant. He had the touchdown run where he was shot out of a cannon, and that's when you're thinking, hey, you know what? I've 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 got it here. I can, you know, I I, I, I. The, the the Ravens will be fine when you see Lamar Jackson do that. And they had two touchdown lead at different stretches of the game. That's just part of the setup for what it what made it also memorable at the end of the day. And we'll be talking about the Browns coming up, but you know, they, they didn't go away after this Willis Reed. Paul Pierce-type moment yeah. at, uh, at, at at the two-minute warning that put the Ravens up seventh. They kept pushing, and unfortunately, they left too much time on the clock for the Ravens with Lamar Jackson to do it again. And it felt so inevitable that Lamar Jackson, number one, was going to get them into field goal range, and number two, no matter how far that field goal attempt was, Justin Tucker was going to make it.
3: Well, that I will say, yeah, I felt pretty good. Like, you get in range, this guy's going to knock it in you know as far as the the time is concerned man that that you know that's a tough one you got to go down you got to score you know you're playing the baltimore ravens we know that they're not the greatest pass offense in the world either but hey well you know kareem hunt they made big plays it, when it was a fast drive sometimes you just get a little unlucky that way i don't know what uh, what else to say there but it's not the type of situation where you go down or something at the one yard line, right? And go, oh, we'll just punch it in the next play. Well, you might not get in at all. And then you don't, you know, tie the game or whatever. So, you know, tough spot for them. But the fact that they were just gashing the the Ravens defense so consistently, you know, that led to them scoring them. Yeah, maybe a little quicker than they probably would have liked. But Mike, like the other thing too, with the Ravens, the run game, all that, yeah, yeah, the run game only started to work Because Lamar wore the defense out because they were chasing him around all over the field for, you know, two and a half quarters, and then they finally get it going. You know, so to me that's where it's a little bit more concerning than it's just like, oh, it started out the game and they just started moving people. Cleveland moved people from the start and they consistently dominated the line of scrimmage. I didn't feel the same way with Baltimore on the offensive side of the ball. So it's just it's a different team with them this year. They're not as dominant, they're not as consistent. I'm glad they found a way to win. But, you know, like I said, I guess I just don't feel quite as happy or strong about their football team. And I liked a lot of what I saw out of Cleveland, even though they lost last night.
1: What a difference, too, from week one to week 14. And Jarvis Landry told me a couple of weeks ago that, hey, look, let's be realistic. The Browns didn't have the benefit of an offseason program with a new coach, uh, a new playbook, a right. new everything. And the Ravens were just picking up where they left off. They had everybody back. They didn't lose either of their coordinators, even though there was head coaching buzz for both Greg Roman and Wink Martindale last year at this time. Everybody was back. It was easier for them to start up the engine again. And that game got away from the Browns quickly and easily to get to 38-6. to And and last night, and, and, and again, we'll, we'll, I'm trying to push as much, because there's a lot to say about Cleveland. I don't want to make short shrift of it. The Browns need to be very proud of what they did. But the Ravens, and ultimately the reason I picked the Ravens to win last night, they were the more desperate team, and we saw that desperation come through. That's something else Lamar Jackson said to Lisa Salters. The season's on the line. It's win or go home for us right. at this point. I had to come back.
3: No, I, you're yes, they had all those aspects, the the personal emotions, everything like that you would think would favor them. And especially you play into the fact where you just think, well, Cleveland's happy they're 9 and 3. They're not going to be as edgy and, you know, on their game and and yeah, like the the desperate emotion like Baltimore. But Cleveland, as you can see, is is relishing the fact that they're 9 and 3. Or we're 9 and 3 and now they're 9 and 4, but they're relishing it. And they're not looking at it like, "Oh, we could take a we could take a deep breath. We've stunk for so long and now we're good. We finally made it. Who cares how it all ends up the rest of the season." No, I think they look at it like, hey, we got momentum. We're kind of good, and we can be a player in this thing. And, uh, you know, kudos to them, really. I mean, Baker Mayfield and company answered the bell every time last night and made big plays, did everything right other than his pick six. And even after that, he reacted great and and brought the team right back, didn't even blink, so – you know, like you said, there's a lot to be proud of in Re- Cleveland. Re-
1: remember, yeah. remember, it wasn't a pick six; they weren't going. Oh, for yeah, two when they scored that's that right. touchdown, that's right, that's yes, right. They were going I for six. Yes. <laughs> yes. that. right. Thank you. You mentioned you mentioned the issue with the cleats. Yeah, and that, that's that's one thing that I think is going to get lost in the shuffle because the second half ended up being so memorable. But it was amazing to me; it took so long for them to get Lamar Jackson to change his shoes. There was one point. Where they were carrying on the sideline the seven stud cleats, and they created the impression that he had changed them, but it was obvious no. the shoes that were that that were being displayed in the sideline shot were were different from the ones that he had on for the entirety of the first half. It wasn't until the second half that we saw that he had put on different cleats. Yeah, it, it,
3: and it's important and. You know, the the ground and cleats can that that whole conversation could change as the game goes on. It can. So you could go out during warm-ups and maybe it's not quite as cold and the field, you know, is had looked like it had short grass and it 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 did look pretty well manicured. I can't say that I looked like issues with the grass, but I've been in this situation too before where yeah, the grass is good, everything's good in warm-ups, but as the night goes, it's getting colder and colder. And it starts to get harder underneath. The dirt gets harder. And some of those shorter cleats just don't dig in. They kind of stay right on top of the, you know, on the grass to where it just rips the grass out instead of digging into the soil a little bit. And, yeah, he was too long to make the switch, but finally did. And even though he didn't play the whole second half, I don't, think, I don't really remember him slipping in the second half once he made that change.
1: We've all slipped on wet grass before, and it will get progressively wet over the course of an evening as dew settles in on it. And there was a moment in the first half where Jarvis Landry fumbled and then somehow recovered his own fumble, and somebody came over. And it looked like someone was trying to play golf with a shovel. That was the size of the divot that came up out of the... And you could see the officials trying to trying to replace it and pat it back down. That's that didn't soft. give me a whole lot of faith no. in the quality of the well-manicured field at Cleveland. I mean, I look, it's okay to say there's a problem with the field tonight. Sure. But what, what, the, the, and, and that that's just what kind of bothers me. Sometimes I feel like there's an effort to carry water. We don't need to carry water. We need to call it like it is because if we don't call it like it is, it's never going to get any better. And I'm still astounded, Chris, as are you, that they don't spend every penny dollar dime necessary to ensure the highest possible quality of every playing surface for every NFL stadium. It shouldn't be that difficult. If they can do it in Wisconsin, they should be able to do
3: it anywhere. No, you're right. They should be able to, and you know, at least it's grass out there last night. Yes, it was not perfect, but also we got to take this to an account too. Like, and correct me, please, if I'm wrong here. I don't really see the... I didn't see the Browns slip in in the first half. They must have been aware... Of what that field might become, or what it is, maybe the soil is a little softer than. We most. saw some.
1: There was some slipping, not you like thought, Lamar, but there was some. There, there was, was some. some there was enough. Yes, yeah. okay. yeah, so the right. receivers when making cuts, they were slipping.
3: Yeah. All right. Good. But yeah, obviously the soil was soft, and that's that's part of being a football player, and it's you gotta. That's why you gotta bring extra cleats to games, is just for those things, and you know the equipment guys have it usually, but usually they tell you to bring. Another pair of cleats or two of cleats just in case you need to change it for a, a given surface on a given night or
1: weather or whatever it may be. There's a stubbornness to Lamar Jackson, which I think is one of his better qualities, but I think it's hard for the organization at times to pierce through it and get him to do what he needs to do. For example, maybe he needed an IV earlier. He clearly needed to change the cleats earlier. I just think there are times where his attitude is, I'm fine. Yeah. They need someone on that sideline to say to him, no, you're not. Put these damn shoes on now. Right. And at least they got through to him at halftime. All right, let's take a break. And as you said, the Br- and Look, look, I understand that Browns fans are upset today. But isn't this better than what you're used to? This is different. You're relevant. You're competing. You're contending. And the best is yet to come. We'll break down what the Browns did last night when PFC Live continues right after this.
0: Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. We uh, never
1: lost our belief in the fact that we had a chance to win that game. Uh, even down two scores, just continuing to fight, fight for each other. Uh, and like I said, win as a team, lose as a team. But, you know, I, I can't turn the ball over and put us in positions, you know, where they have easy points from the one-yard line. You know, it's, that's not our defense's fault. It's, that's my fault. Baker Mayfield, great performance last night. Great performance against the Tennessee Titans. He's developing and maturing before our eyes that's good news for the cleveland browns bad news is they lost the game but the good news is baker mayfield is becoming the guy that many have wondered is he going to be that guy is he the right guy for the cleveland browns to take them where they want to be could it be they have all the right pieces in place except a quarterback who is in that upper echelon it, it and i'm not ready to say he's in the upper echelon but he's moving that way. He's trending. Something's happened. Right. Yeah, this this four months of influence of Kevin Stefanski is starting to pay off and push him in that direction, and uh, th- that could be very good news for the Browns, obviously, if he becomes that guy. That means you don't have to go try to find somebody else who will become the guy.
3: Right. Not everybody just walks into the league, and it's Patrick Mahomes or you know Aaron Rodgers when they take over, and they just become the guy. Not, not everybody does that. You know? Hey, the guy that we consider the guy of guys, you know, he won three Super Bowls, you know, kind of handing the ball off, defense, ooh, make a big throw, Tom Brady. And then it evolved, it evolved, and then he could carry the team. And then it was like, oh, man, Brady's here. He's going to carry it, and we're okay no matter who we got on the team. You know, Baker Mayfield can become that. Either way, you're right. I mean, we're watching him evolve and and mature right in front of our face. And two, you know, I think was one thing that just gets glossed over with him. It it is it is three offenses. You know he's had a, had to play through in his NFL career. That's not easy. And you know his first two offenses in the NFL and also leading back to Oklahoma were just pass, 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 pass. Don't ever think about managing a game. Just keep throwing it. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares if he's open? Great. If he's inter- if you throw an interception, who cares? We'll come back and throw it again. And he's had to learn to play a different style. And as we see, he's really learned to adjust and play the right way. And the offensive system fits him, and everything. And he was he was great last night. I mean, so many big time throws. Uh, yeah, the interception happened. That's going to happen in football. It's not a perfect sport. But what we loved is the way he answered back. Answered back, and they like took momentum back in the football game. Where you went, whoa, they're they're not going to lose this. You know, you almost had that feeling like they're just not going to be stopped tonight. So a lot to like about what Cleveland and Baker Mayfield did.
1: Something about Baker Mayfield that. I had considered in the past, but it crystallized just now as you were explaining what he's doing. It has to be so difficult for him to come out of the Big 12 and see what rivals and teammates in that conference have done in the NFL, like Patrick Mahomes from Texas Tech, Kyler Murray, who succeeded Baker Mayfield at Oklahoma. These guys come in and take the NFL by storm. right? He doesn't. Instead of trying to be them and to fast forward to where they are, I think at some level he's accepted. I just have to be the best me I can be. I'm not going to be Patrick Mahomes. He's not going to be me. I have to be the best Baker Mayfield I can be and get the most out of my skill sets, whatever they may be. They're different than Patrick's. They're different than Kyler's. I just have to focus on me and hope the success comes. But that has to be. I mean, you think about that. Guys you know well. Guys that you were better than in college are now better than you. That's going to create a weird sense of urgency and almost panic where am I? Where is my career going? Why are they great? Not that it's something you're gonna talk openly about, but at some point in the quiet moments, Chris, you know that's rattling around inside of him Definitely. where he sees these guys having wild success and he's still kind of spinning in the mud yeah. in the well manicured field. You 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 can you can press.
3: You want it, you want your success now. You believe you're every bit as good as those other guys, or at least close to it. You know, I hey you're naturally like that. With just the other quarterbacks in your draft class, let alone guys you had rival rivalries with in college and know personally and do those things. But, you know, I used to sit there with guys that I was drafting. If I knew I was going to play them or it was coming up on the schedule. I mean, I had it. I had it circled. Oh, (laughs) oh Oh, we might play Rex Grossman. I'm going to show Rex Grossman who should have been drafted first. Like, I mean, that's what I I, I really thought. Kyle Bowler. I'm going to show him. Well, yes, hey, his t- bar was higher than mine. I know that he played <laughs> the Super Bowl. I didn't. So uh, I'll take Rex Grossman's career and money if he wants. We can switch. All right, but I,
1: I, I'm, uh, I'm not going. I'm not going to give you. I'm not going to give you many complaints in my life or uh, compliments in my lifetime. But uh, and there it is. But. If you had been if you had been the starting quarterback of the Bears in 2006 and had kept your spleen you would have played in the Super Bowl too Well thank
3: you I'd, I'd like to think that too I don't know that but you know hey I, I had my chance and it is what it is but to your point, yes when it comes to that type of stuff it is on the radar of the quarterback and you know he's he's you said it a few weeks ago He has shown maturity on the field he has shown maturity in his interviews and the way he's handled himself this year too. So I think he's turned the corner in all areas, as has the franchise of the Cleveland Browns and what Stefanski's done there and everything. I mean, gosh, they closed the gap significantly from where it was between Ravens and Browns, you know, earlier this year. And it's one of those things where I just look at it and go, if Cleveland and Baltimore play again, because, yeah, I'm like you. I picked Baltimore last night. I was de- They're desperate. And I was just still, I'm sorry, I was a little bit of like, I don't know. I gotta see Cleveland win one more of these games before I can pick them totally. I just wasn't but I even though they lost after this, I I'll I have no problem picking them from here on out. And if they played the Ravens again, I think it's scary for the Ravens. It's not a good matchup for the way they moved the ball running and throwing it on that Ravens defense last night.
1: I want to see, and I'm influenced by what happened last night. Course, I fully admit that. I want to see round three of Browns Ravens more than I want to see round three of Steelers Ravens.
3: I think, I think I do too. I think I agree. There's, there's more to this, this, uh, what is it? I guess it's just the new upstart team. We've seen Ravens Steelers for so long, for so many years. It's just, it is, it's cool to see the two young quarterbacks go after it. And, you know, they're trying to establish something and, 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 and their careers and and their legacy so uh, it is cool i'm with you I, I i think you're right
1: nick chubb and kareem hunt had a big night last night nick chubb had 82 yards rushing on 17 carries 4.8 yards hunt didn't run the ball as much he only had six carries for 33 yards but he had six pass receptions. 477 yards and chubb and hunt each had a pair of touchdowns last night's game was i think only the third in nfl history with nine total rushing touchdowns isn't that amazing wow the ravens had five and the browns had four mayfields hey when he decides to go north south he can he can move yeah you know he he had that he had that touchdown at the at the end of the game that Put the Ravens, uh, or put the, excuse me, put the, uh, or tied the game, excuse me, at 42 all. He he was awesome with that. Was that the two, touchdown? Was it two point? I think it was a two point. Convert, by a uh, was that, wait. let's see. No, wait, wait it was wh- awesome. Which one was it? Let me, let me,
3: it? Check. Let me no, check. No, no, it was earlier. Ball. It was the one that it was put the 35 up by 34 one. touchdown. Exactly right. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. We got,
1: we got, we uh, know what Hunt you mean. scored Hunt scored the game. Right. Yeah, you know who we mean. <laughs> Hunt scored the touchdown. That put the, the game at 42 all but uh, yeah Mayfield uh, Mayfield can move when he wants to and when he has to and it's just a matter of, of finding the right balance finding the right balance in their running game finding the right balance between run and pass and uh, the, the Browns have so much to be optimistic about and proud of. I know I I know that we played the sound earlier of Kevin Stefanski saying they're not interested in moral victories and I'm not interested in a coach who will say anything other than we're not interested in moral victories. But at the end of the day, they have to feel good about where they are heading into the final three weeks. Unfortunately, the loss makes it much more difficult to surpass the Steelers. Now, essentially, two games back with three to go, the tiebreaker is not going to go Cleveland's way, even if they pull the, the split with Pittsburgh and beat them Week 17, because the superior division record will belong to the Steelers. The Browns have lost twice to the Ravens. Um, but, uh, I, yeah, I don't see the Steelers losing to the Bengals next Monday night. If they do, that opens the door for the final two weeks, but I'd be stunned if the Steelers continue their two game losing streak against a team that's won two games all year.
3: No. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm with you. I, I would be stunned there too. Um, I don't know. If they don't if they don't catch the Steelers for the division, it doesn't really matter. We've talked about that. It's not a big deal for home field advantage or anything like that. Right now, they're sitting in the five spot, which means they'd have to go back to Tennessee where they just kicked their butt a few weeks ago. So they probably wouldn't feel too uncomfortable about that type of matchup as much as you'd want to win the division, and I, I understand that. But, you know, either way, the Browns are going to be able to walk away from the last few weeks of football, even last night, it's going to be a positive. You're, 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 you're a playoff team, and you're going to start to say, wait, we're not only a playoff team. We, we can make moves in the playoffs. Like, we, we, we can play with the big boys and maybe win multiple games and get an AFC championship. You certainly can with that offensive line they have. I mean... It's, it's it's definitely – it might be the best O-line in football. I mean, you know what they're going to do. They're going to run the ball, and they're going to run boots and play actions, and no, nobody really can stop it. I mean, it's phenomenal physical group. They can physically dominate you. They're really well coached. Those two running backs are insane, and now what's made them awesome is, okay, our run game maybe is not killing it or whatever else. You're overplaying our run game. Well, Baker Mayfield is very comfortable in our drop back pass game and and throwing the ball around the field, too. And we're seeing that not only just off of play action and boots, which we saw, we're starting to see last night drop back pass dice them up a little bit. That was probably one of the big questions we got about that offense. Can they do that when that comes around? And we saw enough last night, Um, you know. But they had that Baltimore Ravens defense reeling. And, you know, of course, I think a little differently of that Baltimore Ravens defense after the last few weeks.
1: And the Browns passing game post Odell Beckham Jr., there was a question posed to Chad O'Shea, the receivers coach and passing game coordinator over the weekend, about how different is the offense without OBJ. He says it's not something he's ever thought about, which would make him the only person connected to the NFL who hasn't thought about it. He attributes the development of the passing game to just the fact that the receivers there who are busting their butts and working hard. Chris, you know I continue to be a firm believer that removing from the equation a guy who is constantly sucking up all the attention and putting pressure on the quarterback to wait for him to get open and throw him the football, that's not a bad thing if you have other guys you can rely on, and they have other guys that Baker Mayfield can rely on from Richard Higgins, who had six catches for 68 yards and a touchdown last night. Donovan Peoples-Jones. Every time I see that guy's name, I think Chris Berman. Sure, I don't. I, I haven't heard this. Surely he calls him Donovan Peoples-Court Jones. That one's too easy. Every time I see that jersey, I think of Berman calling him Yeah Peoples-Court Jones. <laughs> but uh, three catches for 74 yards. Uh, so they they have got, and they, they got the ball to the tight ends a little bit more than, you know, David Njoku, who just is kind of this mysterious figure, a first round pick who still lingers on the team. He had a few uh, nice plays last night and, you know, Baker Mayfield spreading the ball around. And when you have a guy in Kareem Hunt who can contribute in the passing game, you have a diverse attack definitely where there's never a que- there's never a question did Jarvis Landry get the ball enough there's never a question did Kareem Hunt get the ball enough with all these guys there's never a question did one get the ball enough pre OBJ ACL tear it was a constant question is he getting the ball enough Chris that is not a positive vibe for any football team
3: no I I get that you know it- but it's not like Odell is the one having a press conference going I need the ball more mm-hmm. You know. Mm. Okay. I mean He's,
1: we can we can pull quotes over the past couple of years. Cause in his mind he equates but, but he equates this year hang on. we're talking he about he equates well, but I it was it was percolating. He equates me getting the ball with winning. The thing that was frustrating them this year is they weren't able to beat good teams. That's what would send him into a funk. He knew the narrative just as it was getting established. They beat the teams they should, they lose convincingly to the teams that they should lose to. He would feel much better about where they are right now. The question is, the chicken and the egg, would they be where they are right now if he was playing for them right now? Would they have gotten to the point where they could beat a team like the Titans convincingly? Right? Where they could be be close to a team like the Ravens? We don't know. We may never know because by the offseason, they may decide we are better off moving forward with a collection of receivers, none of whom there's ever a question about, are we throwing him the ball enough?
3: It, 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 he's a lightning rod guy. He is. It, even if he was sitting in the corner doing nothing, he's become the type of star and spectacle that, you know, we still write a story and we go, like, biggest story of the day. He was sitting in the corner doing nothing. What's wrong with him? And then it becomes a thing. Like, why are you sitting in the corner and being quiet? What, what's wrong with you? So he can't really do right, right but there. Chris, he's got blame. For, he's I know got blame he has blame. He does because
1: he welcomed all that in 2014 after That's he made fine. that catch and he became the flavor but, of the month. Like that might as well he's be seven decades ago. 2014 and 15. Sat, That's decades. He, it's he, like he he contributed to the transformation of Odell Beckham Jr. into someone who wasn't just a football player sure. but an icon beyond the sport. He he welcomed it and he loved every minute of it until the scrutiny came along. So there's a way he could have played this 2014, 2015, and maybe he needed better advice from grownups in the room because he's young at the time. I don't fault him for making decisions that a young person would make. But but the reality is – we developed this obsession with Odo Beckham Jr. because he welcomed the spotlight. No doubt. He, he bathed in it. He basked in it. And he did all those things on the sidelines that other people don't do, like slam your helmet into the kicking net and it swings back and hits you in the face.
3: Yeah. Well, yeah, he's he had some moments. We know that. There, there's no doubt about that. I mean, but this year, he didn't really have those moments. He's been a team guy since he's been in Cleveland. and But I understand your question. You know, I do. Listen, we've talked about it a zillion times. Nobody seems more affected by Odell Beckham Jr. on the field than Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield is the number one guy, I've always said from the start of last year, that looks uncomfortable with it. Everybody else seemed fine. Now, Odell, you're right, he's made his own bet in a lot of these ways. I do think he's tried to turn the corner and be you know, the team guy, do, do things the right way for himself and the Cleveland Browns. And I think he's been a little unfortunate here where – you know, the offense got its mojo, and maybe it is because without him. I mean, maybe it is, but I, I don't look at it that way. I think it's more of they didn't have an off season like Jarvis Landry had said to you and all the – like we talked about before, where, you know, the offense wasn't hitting at all cylinders early in the year. It was simple. It was all about just the run, and there wasn't a lot to offer you in the pass game. They have obviously have a better understanding of that now. I'm one that sits here and goes, no, wow. I mean, man, they would, what would they look like if they had Odell Beckham Jr. on the field last night? Uh, I, I understand the questions the other way, but I think, too, with Chad O'Shea and Mike, I'm glad you brought him up, the passing game coordinator. coordinator quietly, one of the best j- things Kevin Stefanski has done in his career because you know me, I complained about his passing game schematics, but a guy like O'Shea with his New England background now he can infuse a few more ideas into a passing scheme that I think was kind of ordinary. Um, but, but I, you know, ultimately, uh, I don't know. I, I'm one that thinks, hey, if they had Odell out there last night, that could be even even scarier for where this offense is right now.
1: Look, we both have a ton of respect for Brian Flores. But he gave both the Giants and the Browns a gift by getting rid of defensive coordinator Patrick Graham after did, one year, definitely, and Chad O'Shea after one year, right? Yeah. Uh, both both of those. It's it's look. You can't knock the Dolphins because they're doing fine too. Maybe it is a win-win-win-win-win. But uh, yeah, O'Shea and Graham both doing fine where they currently are. All right, we're gonna keep rolling through the. Uh, uh, the The show last night's game playoff picture let's look at the afc let's broaden the lens i was trying to think of a good tease and i couldn't (laughs) because you were talking so shut up you playoff picture when pft live he's not good in the clutch it's prime time he can't spit it out You know, there's no reason to watch the game when you have access to Magic Johnson's Twitter account. As someone pointed out last night, who needs the Associated Press either for a game review? Lamar Jackson proved why he was named MVP of the league last year. He came out of the locker room after being injured, went on a game-winning drive, and put his team in a position to win. Justin Tucker hit the field goal to seal the win. Thank you, Is he texting somebody? Is
3: he texting, like, a family member or, like... Like a cousin and giving them an update and he just doesn't realize he's on Twitter. Like he's just like, Hey, this is what happened in the game. You're, you're driving in the car. This is what's going on. What is up with him in these tweets? That's hilarious.
1: (laughs) Yeah. uh, It's, and, and uh, it's great. I love it. it. It adds to everything. And now anytime there's a huge moment in sports, you can count on LeBron James chiming in with emojis and, and all caps and exclamation points. And Magic chiming in with a very with the captain obvious statement <laughs> and 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 very calm and rational and obvious summary of of what occurred. So uh, thank you for that, Irvin Magic Johnson. All right, playoff picture. Now that the Ravens have won to get to eight and five, look. The good news for the Browns is this does not affect them. They they still are in great position to get in. They yep. hold the five seed, and that loss still has them in control of the five seed. The Ravens have some work to do. The Dolphins have some work to do. do. You know, as we as we look at this and when we consider the Ravens now have the Jaguars, Giants and Bengals. I, I know you're you 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 believe there were flaws in the Ravens game last night, but I see them running this table, don't yeah, you? I I do too. I do. I mean Yeah, I just don't I
3: the Giants That defensive line, maybe they can slow down that running attack, but I don't know if I could sit there and look at that Giants offense enough to go, okay, it'll score more points than Lamar in that offense. So, yes, I'm with you. You know, the Ravens, even though they're not playing, like, great football, I do by far have the easiest schedule here, Mike. After that, who are you liking your chances between the Raiders and Dolphins?
1: Well, the Dolphins because they have one more win frankly. And and I think the Dolphins are a better team right now, and the Raiders are in disarray. We'll talk they about are. that coming up later, I think, although the outline's been completely trashed by last night's events. The idea that they got rid of Paul Gunther and switched to Rod Marinelli three days to go before their next game is not an encouraging sign. And with three games left, I don't know that the defense is going to be much better, so I have more faith in the Dolphins. But I think the way it works out here... And, and last night's game has influenced me to the point where I've forgotten things that I knew before the game. I think the Dolphins just w- – if they win out, they get it. Even if the Ravens win out, they've got the tiebreaker, and the Ravens go home. So the Ravens do need some help here. They need the Dolphins to win one, and we'll see if they – or lose, yeah, lose one, lose excuse one. me, and we'll see if they do. Yeah, I would bet so they do. we got to take a break. 4PFT Live coming right after this.
0: Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So –